0: Welcome to Episode 3 of the Curly W Live From the Field Podcast. My name is Kyle Brostowitz, and I am coming to you from the Curly W Live Studios here in Washington, D.C. Our guest on today's podcast is Darren Willman, the Director of Baseball Research and Development at Major League Baseball. You can follow him on Twitter at Darren W. Uh, Darren created Baseball Savant and is a stat cast genius. Uh, I guess for lack of a better term, that's what we're going to call him. Uh, BaseballSavant.com is an incredible website with endless stats, analysis, research projects, articles, uh, visual aids, um, really just an intense deep thorough website about the game of baseball Uh, when i'm sitting in the press box during a game it is definitely one of the windows that i have open on my laptop to follow the game Uh, they have a great game feed on there uh, that gives exit velocity uh, pitch velocity launch angle just everything you could imagine it's really cool to have that feed open during the game while you're watching it's hard to put into words how extensive a website it is Uh, so after this podcast uh, head over there and look around if you haven't already and if you've been there already you know what i'm talking about. Um, so before we get to that interview, I want to remind listeners about the expanded offerings of the Curly W Live podcast. Be sure to check out Curly W Live from the booth with Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. Uh, they recorded four podcasts over the last couple of weeks, one about each round of the 2019 postseason. Uh, so if you're in the mood to reminisce, uh, go ahead and give them a listen. Uh, we're also continuing to gather fan stories for our From the Stands series. So you can share audio recordings uh, of your favorite 2019 postseason memory to be featured in on the inaugural curly w live from the stands podcast to submit your memory visit curly w live the official blog of the nationals uh, at CurlyW.MLBlogs.com, and look for the post titled calling all nats fans submit your postseason memories now Uh, the instructions are in that post Uh, remember you can listen to this podcast and all past episodes through through that blog CurlyW.MLBlogs.com, and through itunes Apple Podcasts, and Art19.com. To find it, simply search Washington Nationals Podcasts. Uh, you can also find the podcast on their platforms, such as CastBox, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. So let's get to it. Here is uh, episode three of the Curly W Live From the Field podcast with our special guest, Darren Willman. Enjoy. All right. Welcome, Darren, to the Curly W Live studios, which for me is here. Are here in Washington D.C. Uh, and for you, uh, where are you joining us from?
1: I am joining you from Houston, Texas.
0: Okay, makes sense. I see the Craig Biggio uh, framed jersey in the background, and then who's the uh, one over your left shoulder?
1: Uh, my left shoulder, that is J.J. Watts. Okay, a fan. Yeah. So I have, and I have one other one. That's uh, Tom Brady. But oh, some guy named Tom Brady. Okay. Yeah. So my wife's a Patriots fan. She's from uh, New England, so. I have launched her by putting
0: that up. Nice. Well, um, well thank you for joining the podcast this afternoon to talk a little baseball and a little bit about what you do. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, Darren's the director of baseball research and development for major league baseball. Uh, and he is the creator of the incredible website, uh, baseball savant.com. So Darren, once again, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. So let's, um, talk a little bit about your career path first what kind of got you to your role um, as the director of baseball research and and eventually to baseball savant and everything you're doing now
1: yeah so i mean i have a pretty crazy story um well not crazy but so um i mean i'm a lifelong baseball fan i've played i played baseball all the way through college um i was always around the game and i just always loved it um and i went to a small school texas lutheran in Seguin, texas Mm -hmm. And uh, I was a computer science major there. And uh, after I graduated, I had stopped playing, but I was missed to the game. And so um, I had a few jobs, but I ended up working at the Harris County district attorney's office for about 10 years. Um, While I was there, I was developing criminal history software. um, And, uh, but I always missed baseball and I always wanted to find a way to get back in the game. And in 2008, uh, MLB installed cameras in all the stadiums and they started outputting a bunch of data, um, um, tracking pitches. And so I forget it was probably like 2011 is when I first really noticed it. And, uh, so having a computer science background, I was like really interested in like how they're capturing it, what they were doing with it and what teams were doing with it. And so, um, I had started, like, I wrote, like, a program to basically just go out and grab all this data and information. And uh, I started thinking of ways that I could, you know, use this data and what would teams want to see. Maybe being a, an ex player, like, what would I want to see as, like, a scouting tool, things like that. And so, uh, yeah, like, I – took all this data. I started creating baseball savant. I was like, well, I might as well let other people see what I'm doing. So, uh, yeah. And like it got super popular, way more popular than I ever expected. And, uh, mm. yeah. And then MLB and teams and a bunch of people started approaching me with like job opportunities. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wild the way, the way it all turned out. So you
0: took baseball savant to major league baseball. That is, that kind of pretty much how it worked out.
1: No, they, uh, so so I didn't approach anybody. Um, Mm -hmm. at at the time, you know, I, I I had a really good job and I love, like my, Mm -hmm. my old boss was amazing and he was really cool and, uh, I enjoyed what I was doing. So like, um, I never approached anybody about working in baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, all the opportunities came to me, which is kind of crazy, you know, like people like, like some people that's like their ultimate dream and they, you know, send out a bunch of resumes and all that stuff, but like me, like I literally like I I wanted to be in it. Like I think that was the end goal because mm-hmm. I always had a passion and like I love baseball. But like, um, you know, it I wasn't gonna leave my my old job unless the perfect opportunity came up.
0: Right. So do you remember way back when you started doing this research, a little bit of a curveball here, but do you remember what your first like project was for the site or what the kind of like the inspiration for um for what you were doing and like
1: yeah so like I, I think like the first thing I wanted to see was um like I, it, I started creating zone charts um wow. I was like where did, I, I wanted to see if I could figure out tendencies of pictures um with all this data and so like I started creating these zone charts and uh it wasn't anything earth-shattering but it was just like really cool i could like pull up any player you could see exactly where they threw it in the zone um and like i thought that was like just super cool i was like wow i mean the amount of data that's out there like you know being able to pull up say like matchers are always like fastballs where where it's located it's just (laughs) it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy to think about and uh and then another thing was like i i just want to see like who's throwing the most pitches 95 miles an hour and harder, uh, things like that. Like, and I could do it like super quick. I just thought that was like really, really cool. Uh,
0: so in a normal scenario, um, where we are playing baseball every night, um, what's a night like game, uh, night, like watching games for you. If, if fans follow you, they probably also follow like Sarah Lang's and, um, Matt Kelly and David Adler and and, um, Andrew Simon. He used to work in DC. He's a big, I'm a big fan of his work, um, what he does every night. So what's, what's a night, a typical night like for you and them?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I don't think it's all that much different than a casual fan or any Mm -hmm. other person, but like I, I, we have a bunch of tools that we can research things very quickly. So like, I I think, and I don't want to speak for them, but like, you know, they're all awesome. (laughs) But, um, when I'm watching a game, I you know I am in Houston, so I typically watch a lot of Astros games. But um, what I'll do is you know I'll have my laptop in front of me, and if I see something interesting, or they they flash to another game, and I see something mm-hmm. interesting, I'll uh, I'll just look it up. Like it is weird because every play something interesting happens. Right. You don't, you exactly. might not even. You might not even realize it, but, like, there's always something to find on every play, whether it be, like, okay, uh, Max Scherzer threw his fastest fastball or uh, somebody hit the ball 150 miles an hour. It could be his highest career exit velocity or something, something like that. It's weird. Like, something happens that's, that's like, either, like – something happens on every play. So, yeah, um, I'll uh, – just research things that, I, that, I, that pop in my head having watched or looked at the data so much like it, it almost comes natural at this point or like I'll see something uh, it looks like a guy runs fast and I'll see like oh that might be his like fastest run to first or um, you know pitch speeds exit velocities all that stuff so um, I don't think it distracts me from watching the game too much but because like at this point like I can kind of tell like what's interesting on a given play but um, it, it, it does make baseball at this point, like, um, almost hard to, like, watch a game without it. Right. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. So, that like, if I, if I were to watch, like, a college baseball game, I'm like, I, I feel like I need to have that data. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just to see, like, what's going on.
0: To make yourself complete. Right. And whole, yeah. So now with with no baseball now, are you able to get a little bit more creative during this time um, and kind of maybe research things that, you know, you didn't really necessarily have time for in the past? or, Or how are you kind of filling that void right now?
1: I actually have a really weird role at MLB because like uh, I'm on the content team, but I'm also a developer, like a web developer. Mm -hmm. And so like we also have a whole technology team and all that. Um, But yeah, so like right now, yeah, we're (laughs) obviously in a very weird situation. with Mm -hmm. no baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of what I'm doing now is um, looking at the site. What can I fix? What can I make it better? Like I just recently redesigned the homepage. To uh, start adding Statcast articles, uh, it's mm-hmm. been pretty it's been pretty stagnant <laughs> at this point because uh, there's not much Statcast being uh, consumed. Right. But um, so yeah, like I'm 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 circling back, looking at the site holistically, trying to figure out like where I can make it better, um, trying to make the user experience a little better, hopefully um, doing things like that. Um, and then also like, so we have like a weekly brainstorming session where we, we come up with ideas. And so we're, we have a huge backlog, obviously. And so like we're going through our backlog, we're looking at like what type of leaderboards should we add? What can we add to the site? What, what might, um, fans want to see and things like that.
0: One thing I noticed and those kind of the inspiration for this question, uh, was a couple days ago, you dropped the, uh, most base hits on a, on the field by player since 2000. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, this is an, it was an intense chart. And uh, I know a couple people point out some pretty funny uh, results like Brandon Inge in a random spot. And uh, a lot of, I mean, you put the pitcher one up the other day too. What was kind of the inspiration for a project like this?
1: Uh, a lot of my projects like that, like are just things that I, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> to be honest, like um, I, I have a bunch of like just, work that I've done uh, over time and I never like tweeted out or anything like that and then like I'll circle back and be like oh this is kind (laughs) of interesting I I don't even know what the inspiration was for that but I thought uh, I thought it was cool (laughs) Um, and I was thinking about breaking it down by left hand and right handed um, see which like players might have the most opposite field hits and things like that Mm a lot of the the stuff I do is really quirky and things but Yeah, that one was uh, right. a little weird. Like, I also did the uh, one where like shows like who throws the most fastballs in certain locations. <laughs> kind of, that one was kind of cool too.
0: Kind of in that vein, um, coming up soon or something that you hope to implement this this season once games start. You know, what's what's new in your world? Or like, what's next? What's in the works?
1: Man, I I had wished the season had started because there's so much going to change this year. Um, right. So one of the, like the new, the major things is uh, we're switching vendors from TrackMan, the, uh, the tracking system stack has is uh, we're switching vendors and we're switching from a, a Doppler radar slash camera system to a purely camera okay. uh, with a new vendor called Hawkeye. And so with that, they're uh, enabling a new technology called limb tracking, like basically like, so the, uh, we'll be able to track uh, every player on the field's limbs. Um, I think each point has each player has like twelve points or something like that. So like you'll be able to see where a player's shoulder is, their elbow, their wrist, um, their head, their waist, their knee. It's it's crazy technology. Um, and so what you can do with this is. Say you want to see um, if a player is dropping their arm, a pitcher is dropping their arm when they're, when they're throwing the ball, or if they're getting tired, or things like that. Uh, it's going to open up so many opportunities. We can recreate every play in three dimensional space uh, with the players as like stick figures, but I mean, even more than that. Um, so um, we'll be able to track the bats. Uh, and it wasn't going to be ready for opening day, but we're going to start being able to track the bats so we can tell swing speed. Right. Um, uh, new technology that has never been available. It's going to be awesome, um, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, uh, super excited about that. It's, it's a shame we were uh, uh, testing it out in Arizona, and it was working awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, that that's going to be a huge thing this year. I mean, that's exciting. That's uh, I look forward it, to seeing what, what you guys put. It's going to be super cool. <laughs> Uh, especially like you know as it matures too right. so like you know any new technology is going to be like it's going to have its ups and downs but th- th- it's going to be like revolutionary what, what you'll be able to see mm-hmm. and do uh, think about I mean you just think all the applications you can do like you can almost like watch the game uh, on your browser just not even watching the game you'll be able to right. like watch uh, like it'd be like watching the show on uh, PlayStation 4 or something like that mm-hmm. we could we could do that <laughs> Yeah. so so what in your
0: time uh, with this website uh, whether it's was while you're doing it independently or, or in your time with with MLB what is there any project that number one you're most proud of and you really feel you know really really good about or any bit of research um, that kind of like blew your mind a little bit and kind of made you step back and something you you didn't necessarily know or you didn't, you didn't think you'd find out what
1: yeah so like the thing I'm most proud of well I mean just I think the site science- Really cool, but like the one thing I always wanted was like video for like every pitch, mm-hmm. so you could really research if you wanted to see like uh, players' tendencies and things like that. And so uh, last season we had uh, made an update where you could literally pull the video off the site of any mm-hmm. pitch. Right, um, it's. And like to me, that's like revolutionary. It allows people, the coaches and whoever, to like pull up the site, show me all of Javier Baez home runs or whoever, uh, and watch them. You know, and it, it's a great coaching right. tool. And like I just think it's it, it's an incredible feature. Um, something that maybe go wow. Um, I mean, there's so many things. You know, like. <laughs> but I think one of the most interesting things is, was with catch probability. Um, you know, like I, I always expected like, you know, a, a perfect example is like Kevin Pilar, like he always dives from the ball mm-hmm. and, you know, you always have a hunch that like, you know, did you really need to dive for that? And the answer is probably not. Um, and like, or so he's running in and he dives. and It looks like an incredible catch, but realistically going, going, looking at the data. So the way we, the way we calculated it is um, is you take the hang time of the ball basically, and then how far the outfielder had to run. And, uh, it's, it's interesting that like a lot of the player, like a lot of the plays that look incredible, typically don't have a very low catch probability. Mm. And so I always thought that was kind of like, wow, I, I expected like extremely, uh, extremely low catch probability. And like I said, going back to what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Like, um, uh, I watch so much baseball that like I can almost tell you a catch probability just like watching the play. Oh wow. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, that's how often I stare at some of this stuff. And that, mm-hmm. I think that, that goes for like probably the whole staff, like, mm-hmm. uh, Sarah Langs, David Adler, yeah. all those guys, like they could probably do the same thing. I, same thing with exit velocity. Like I, when I see a ball hit, I can probably almost, guess what it is. Right.
0: Now the, you talk about catch probability and one of my notes on here to talk about with these some Nationals related items was the, uh, was Juan Soto's five-star catch in the uh, in the NLDS against LA. Strasburg offers and a swing and a line drive toward the line. Soto chasing. He dives and he caught it. Juan Soto lays out for a diving catch toward the line. robbing Kershaw of a hit and the side retired here in the third. That's one where I think It kind of fits what you talked about or it wasn't necessarily a ridiculous diving catch you know something that you know you'd think would be so difficult but it does register as a five-star because in fact based on all your factors it was an incredibly tough play
1: yeah um I actually like when you mentioned that um I I re-pulled it up and I I looked up some of the stats on it and like yeah it's it's an incredible catch for a lot of reasons but um so uh I'll start off with like so Clayton Kershaw hit it it was 84 miles an hour with a 16 degree launch angle, and so we have a way to like give you like we can look in the hit at the history of uh, balls hit at those exact um, parameters, and similar batted balls at 84 miles an hour at 16 degree launch angle are base hits 95 percent of the time. <laughs> so I mean, I, that just that alone tells you how incredible like. <laughs> That just that it wasn't a hit. Mm-hmm. And so uh, looking at the data, he had to go 39 feet mm-hmm. in 2.9 seconds. Yes. And so based off of those parameters, uh, looking at all the historical data that we had back in 2015, similar balls uh, are, that are hanging with that trajectory and all that are caught 10% of the time. Wow. So he had an exceptional read, he had an exceptional jump. And he was probably even moving before the ball was even hit. He probably just—I mean—he was just an incredible play.
0: Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm a big fan of the uh, the player chart, uh, the diagrams of the plays as they're drawn up. So first, I want to get your opinion on if you have one that you can think of that it just—it's just the craziest play you can ever see, charted or recorded, just based on the image. And I, I have mine. Uh, doesn't involve the Nationals, involves a Nationals player, but I'm just wondering if you have. Uh, any thoughts on, on any crazy plays you've ever charted?
1: So I'm gonna I'm gonna steal yours. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's so it's funny because that particular play that you called out the yeah. the triple play of the White Sox and uh, the Rangers mm-hmm. they uh, the White Sox actually approached me to like make a T-shirt of that play diagram. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> back in 2016, uh, I don't know if they ever did it, but I I think what they ended up doing uh, is. For whatever reason, they uh, they didn't make the T-shirt, but they, they printed it out and they put it in the broadcast feeds, I think.
0: Yeah, so you know what inspired me on this one was we played Texas uh, last year, or not Texas, the White Sox last year, and in their press box, they have um, newspapers hanging. Like a lot of press boxes do, they have, they have newspapers of big events, and they had this one in the front page of the paper. I don't know if it was your diagram specifically, but it was the diagram of the play, and it just caught my eye one day walking through and I st- sat there and stared at it and kind of followed it. And uh, Adam Eaton was the right fielder for the White Sox right. that game. Uh, so I asked him about it. Uh, the next day I showed him a picture and he was like, his mind was blown and like his eyes kind of glazed over trying to remember and figure out and follow it. And he kind of, he rattled him off exactly what happened. But I, that's always stuck with me as a play that um, it looks crazy on your stack and your, uh, your play chart. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, no, that one, that one, that, that's a good one. I, 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 was, I was surprised when you sent that one. But, but, uh, um, so, like, one of the uh, – this is probably one of the first ones uh, was the Hosmer scoring uh, in the World Series in Game 5 uh, against the Mets. That was a good one. Um, but the ones I really love to look at – um, are like no doubt home runs to see if the outfit <laughs> move at all. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, I, I've always wanted, I think, like a really cool stat. Um, and this is something we're actually going to roll out this year, but it's not going to be based off of this, is no doubt home runs where like you, you take all the outfield positions and you say like if, if nobody moved more than a foot or something like that, it's like <laughs> a no doubt home run, um, I think that would be like a really cool like stat to do. Mm -hmm. But uh, we are. uh, But this season, we actually are uh, classifying home runs. We're gonna have a leaderboard. It'll be pretty cool. Where like, um, so we have what's called lidar scans of all the stadiums. So like, it's like very in depth uh, uh, dimensions of the stadiums, and so we can take that and we can overlay basically all the stadiums at once. And so like, we're gonna have a new leaderboard that says uh, this. home run would have been out at like two stadiums mm-hmm. or 30 stadiums. And so, and so we're going to end up classifying them. So like if it's out of 30, if it would have been out at every stadium, we're going to consider that like a no doubter. And then we have uh, different breakdowns for it. Mm-hmm. It'll be, it'll be pretty cool. And then what we can do with that is uh, take those scans and then uh, three dimensional space. We're going to have a little web. Uh, you can go to Savant uh when we roll it out, you'll be able to pull up uh, in three-dimensional space all the stadiums, and it'll show mm-hmm. you, like, which ones it would have gone out of. Yeah, I got you. With the trajectory, it be pretty cool.
0: Nice. Well, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole this morning because we do a day in Nationals History blog post on our blog. And uh, the today's day, 2016, we had a 16-inning game against the Twins. Uh, but in, And we wanted a walk-off home run. Um, but in the 15th inning, Oliver Perez laid down a sacrifice bunt well, they run around second base and he got to first and the pitcher threw it away, threw the ball down the, the right field line. You can see the crazy path that Oliver took um, on the bait the run in the base. And then you can see like the ball trickle away. And then you see obviously uh, our player who was being sacrificed from second to third and Danny Espinoza come all the way around to score. So it, it's not the, uh, it's not as exciting as those, but it was a big day in our history. And I had to, I had to look up the picture of it because it's, it's about it's uh it's about as crazy on uh picture form as it was uh in live and in person that's for sure
1: (laughs) yeah uh there's just so much it's uh, it's fun to look at right so a couple of uh
0: nationals related uh items slash moments slash articles that you've done that i'm i want to kind of get your your thoughts on um the first was one of the more recent things you rolled out was the XERA research, um, and you guys did a pretty big write up on Max Scherzer, uh, and we all know how good Max is. But it was really interesting to read that article. Just another metric of, of his dominance. And
1: yeah, like, well, first of all, like Max Scherzer is one of my favorite pitchers to like look at. Just and he, he has a lot of like interesting tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, XERA is cool. Um, so. Essentially, what XERA is is um, so we have another stat called expected uh, WOBA weighted on base average, and it basically all it does is it translates xWOBa uh, into uh, ERA like uh, format. So basically, mm-hmm. like uh, you, people are super familiar with ERA. So like right. you know you know if a pitcher has a like two five ERAs, he's <laughs> He's got a good ERA. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and so it's hard to tell that based off x So we, people don't really know what a good x is, but they know what a good ERA is. And so what we did is we translated x into uh, an ERA format and obviously Max Schroeser is really good. And so what you can tell, what you can tell based off that is, was he, uh, better than expected or was he worse than expected? Mm-hmm. And so Max Schroeser was actually worse than expected, which is hard to imagine. Right. <laughs> so, and based off contact and all the factors that we uh we bake into uh X Woven X V R A, he uh he had a two seventy nine expected average his actual look at, he had a two ninety two V R A. Mm. Um and so I did some research, I was looking at some other nationals players. Uh, Strasburg was uh, actually worse as well. He had a 332 ERA and then he had a 306 expected. So like, those are guys that could theoretically be better next year. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Corbin was actually, he had a better ERA. He had a 325 ERA and then he had expected ERA of 405. So he actually uh, was either lucky or however you want to define it, um, then expected
0: Gotcha. Now, uh, another article I appreciated out of, or research I appreciate out of you guys is the um, Altobode average, and the uh, mainly because we have a, a guy in center field, Victor Robles, who kind of ran away with it this past year. And, and you guys did a piece, uh, the alternate Gold Glove winners, uh, in January, and and Victor won that. Can you just because out Victor is so um, so good and. He is impacted by the statistic. Can you give a little bit of a rundown on outs above average and, and a, your little, a couple of thoughts on Victor himself and and how that statistic kind of proves how good he is?
1: Yeah, uh, Victor's obviously one of like the most underappreciated like outfielders there is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, a, a really like short description of outs above average, basically like so we, you know, every ball that's hit, we calculate. Um, we calculate so how far does he have to go? Mm-hmm. How far? Um, and this is just for outfielders, like similar to what we were talking about with the one soda play. Um, how far do they have to go? And and did he catch it? Obviously. And so um, the hang time of the ball. And so we're able to take all these, all that, all those data points, and then uh, basically give you uh, based on the situation and things like that, um, credit him for outs that maybe other players wouldn't wouldn't have made. And so, out uh, of average is, um, for infielders, a little different. So, uh, it, it's similar. So, like, a, a ground ball's hit, you need to know where the guy, where the infielder picked the ball up at, where the runner is in relation to how, uh, to where he picked the ball mm. and then the throw. So we try to make uh, a lot of these stats we try to make as simple as possible. Right. Uh, we don't want to we don't want to use too much uh, we don't make them too complex that people can't understand mm. them. And so you know when you think of a ground ball hit, how far does where's the runner at? And where is he how far away is the throw and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We try to make these, um, most of the stats as simple as possible.
0: Mm -hmm. so one thing i rely heavily on your research for is um in our game notes every day we include um pitch type and pitch percentage for each of our starting pitchers um, and our relievers actually we literally copy and paste when you got you know um max or fastball forcing fastball x percent of the time you know slider x percent so that's a really good research for us and i hear our broadcasters both home and away literally read that word for word um Hopefully they, they credit as much as they can, but um, I think that's really helpful for me personally and what I do, and I, I know fans too, but one aspect of that that I find myself doing once every five days is the uh, the Patrick Corbin slider research, which is always oh, yeah. uh, always fun to do. Just, I mean, you can watch him. I mean, we watch him every five days, and you, you see him just pump sliders there every. To every batter, but then when you see it in number form and see how much how further along he is than guys like Chris Sale and Matthew Boyd, uh, those are guys that really uh, he compared himself with. Seeing it through your search engine and your search functions, it's, it puts it all in perspective a little
1: bit more. Yeah, I, I love Patrick Corbin. He's like another one of those guys. And he's just like his slider is so dominant, and right. like hitters know it's coming, but right. they just like they still can't hit it, mm-hmm. and like and it, it's always in the same location. It's just like. Either lefty right it doesn't matter it's mm-hmm. always like to a right-handed hitter it's like at his like at his knees low and out of the zone it's just like you can't hit it um mm-hmm. but yeah he's a he's a really interesting player too i and just similar to what you were just saying like yeah. i love looking him up and then like looking at the visuals that were right. like always was in the same place and then going back to what we were talking about oh. uh, the visual i made with the uh uh basically like where in the past, uh, last year, where the most off-speed pitches were thrown, Patrick mm-hmm. Corbin dominated like the inside, inside to the righty low out of the zone. So yeah, it's great.
0: Well, I, I, I end each interview with uh, with our guests, at least this season, while we have a lot of free time, with some some book recommendations and book talk. Um, I'll go first. Um, if, if you have anything, feel free to chime in. What I'm reading right now is um, first one, "Stealing Home." Uh, it's by Eric Nussbaum. He just uh, released it this year. It's about um, about Chavez Ravine and the building of Dodger Stadium, and uh, it's a it's a really it's a socioeconomic back at, at what was going on in LA at the time. So I'm about halfway through it. It's it's really really informative, really good. And next on my list is going to be uh uh, Tyler Kepner's book that you wrote last year, K uh, history of baseball in 10 pitches. So I'm really excited to, to finish one and then dive back into the other. Do you have any, anything you're reading or everything you recommend at this point?
1: Yeah, I, I'm a huge reader. Uh, mm-hmm. right now, uh, I'm reading future value by okay. Tyler Daniel Eager, and Daniel here. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's really good. It's about, uh, evaluating prospects and, mm-hmm. you know, how, how they go about all the mm-hmm. things that they do. Um, it's really good. Um, but I'm also like a sci-fi freak. And so, okay. um, like I read a bunch of like science fiction and fantasy and stuff like that. So I, uh, a book recommendation, Red Rising. I don't know if, uh, if you've ever heard of it. It's by Pierce Brown. It's real good. Um, uh, and then there's another author I really like, and Brandon Sanderson. So like anything by him, I, I read, read pretty much everything that he writes. Um, so yeah. Nice. Well,
0: uh, Darren, appreciate you joining the podcast today. That's all I have for you. Um, we look forward to all your research once baseball gets back started. And, and once again, I, I encourage fans, baseballsavant.com. I'll follow Darren on Twitter, and um, you'll be a, definitely be a smarter uh, baseball fan for doing it. That's for sure. So, uh, Darren, once again, thanks for joining the podcast
1: yeah thanks for having
0: me on, thanks to Darren for joining the podcast be sure to follow him on Twitter at Darren W-D-A-R-E-N-W and check out baseballsavant.com if you haven't already uh, like I said in the intro be sure to check out From the Booth with Charlie and Dave and don't forget to send in your 2019 postseason memories as we put together our From the Stands podcast uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kyle Brostowitz or at Nationals so feel free to get in contact with me uh, we love hearing from our listeners Thanks again for listening. Uh, We'll see you next time on the Crew W Live From the Field podcast.